Welcome, everybody, to Our Community, Our Mission. This is Barry Feeker, Executive Director of the Topeka Rescue Mission. And uh, this morning, have Marion Crable, who is a Director of our Supportive Services. Good morning, Marion. Good morning. And Kim Turley, who is with us every week. Uh, Kim is a Director of our Volunteers, which is really a kind of important group right now, isn't it, Kim? A hot button, yeah, with oh. us here, just trying to get them all in, yeah. Yeah, so there wasn't a whole lot of debate what we were going to talk about today because <laughs> of what is unprecedented, not in our community only, not in our county, not in our country, but the whole world right now. And that's what's known as the coronavirus. And um, I don't think that we can uh, hear too much about what we're supposed to be doing or what we're supposed to be thinking right now, but also it's overwhelming to hear a lot of stuff about this. I mean, Mm -hmm. everywhere you go. And um, certainly it's on our minds here at the rescue mission uh, in Topeka, Kansas. And uh, unprecedented steps are being taken here to see what we can do to address this issue, understand it. And so we wanted to talk a little bit about that today. And um, so we uh, um, are still learning. Um, We have been meeting with health officials, um, Shawnee County Health Department, and we've been talking to uh, folks with the CDC. We've been talking with folks uh, in multiple different areas. As a matter of fact, a number of different agencies within the community are coming together uh, fortunately, through electronics uh, to be mm-hmm. able to have meetings. Um, I was in a meeting this week with uh, um, a number of pastors, um, and I walked into the room, so we were going to be talking about Topeka Public Schools and how churches could help out with um, <laughs> helping kids to make sure that they have food while they're out of school. I walked into the room in this uh, assembly area, and all the chairs were six to ten feet apart, oh, and wow. it was kind of like, well, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden, of course. <laughs> We're supposed to be six to 10 feet apart. (laughs) And so everybody's sitting in this big, big room and everybody's separated from everybody else. And normally a bunch of pastors get together and they hug each other and uh, it's joyful and, you know, how you doing, brother, that kind of thing. And everybody was just kind of keeping six feet away (laughs) and they were doing air hugs. (laughs) So so there's, you know, in the midst of these challenging times, uh, there is some humor and there are some things that... uh, that we're learning to do to make the best of it. Sure. So, Miriam, um, we've had to make some changes yes. um, in regards to what we're doing. Uh, one of those changes is in regards to food distribution yes. at our distribution center. You want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Well, you know, as always, one of our prime objectives is really to keep people safe. Yes. Whether it's our staff, whether it's the people that volunteer with us, whether it's the folks that come to us. And our food distribution was really one of the things that we knew had to change pretty quickly because we bring people in normally into a small confined space to give us all of their pertinent information. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're there for a while while mm-hmm. we're verifying everything. Um, and we knew that that was just not going to be healthy for anyone, not for our guests, not for our staff that's working with them. So we've changed to a drive-through method. Mm -hmm. So now they'll be able to stay in their car. They'll drive up. We'll get a little bit of information from them, find out how many family members they have, and then be able to bless them with the food that they're going to need going forward. Um, So it's, it's a wonderful opportunity for us to help people recognize that we understand that they are afraid. Mm-hmm. But we also understand that they have extreme needs when it comes to food. Um, if you all have been to the grocery store, you know it's kind of a chaotic place over it there. Sure so anything that we can do to kind of help people's fears calm and get mm-hmm. them what they need, we're happy to do that. Miriam, how dependent are people on the rescue mission and some other agencies for food? Oh, my goodness, Barry. 
they wouldn't be able to make it without it. They are incredibly dependent. Uh, Food insecurity, people being hungry, children being hungry is a significant issue. And now when you add on top of that, that the schools are out, the kids are not able to go there for breakfast and lunch, that has just put an additional burden onto families Mm -hmm. with wondering how are they going to be able to feed people. Mm -hmm. In addition, we've got a lot of businesses and different places, uh, hotels, closing. Mm -hmm. And so now you've got people at home more times during the day. You also have people that are very concerned about their income Mm -hmm. and how will they be able to stretch that, particularly if they're not getting paid. And there are always some layoffs already. Absolutely. And so while that is new, it won't be long before some of those folks won't even be able to go to a grocery store, whatever's on the shelves, Exactly. be able to purchase anything. And so the need to help our neighbors is going to grow in ways that we never, ever thought about before. Never imagined. Never imagined. And I'm not sure we can imagine it right now yet. You know, we will just be reacting to it and planning as well as we possibly can, recognizing there is still a lot we don't know. Yeah. So we uh, distribute twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at yes. the distribution center. And this is for people who aren't necessarily staying at the rescue mission. Correct. These are for folks who are working, um, right. some on uh, fixed incomes, uh, disability, Social Security. Uh, these are individuals who may be homeless that aren't in the shelter, who may be in the homeless camp somewhere, and we might right. provide them with a food basket. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of different situations. Uh, that are um, coming to us all the time, and those numbers just seem to grow and grow and grow. I know yesterday, because one of the agencies had um, run out of food and um, had not had people in for a hot meal, we had an additional 50 people at lunch um, here because they went there and there was no food. You know, this this is a controversial question, but we've got kids who are out of school for at least two weeks. Um, Why don't the parents just feed them? Why, why, why do we have to feed them? Well, that, that is a very controversial question, I think, and mm-hmm. it's a really difficult question to answer. It, it has a lot to do with the capability to do that. Mm-hmm. Do they have enough food? Are the parents even at home during the day? Because while we would love to know that when the children are at home, their parents are at home, mm-hmm. that isn't necessarily a reality if folks have to go to work because then they'll have no money if they don't. Mm-hmm. So... <clears throat> There needs to be options for folks. There needs to be the opportunity for these children to have access to food in different ways. And honestly, Barry, I don't know that I've ever met a parent that didn't want to feed their kids. Mm-hmm. You know, But there are just some realities that people who live in poverty and people who are poor um, face every single day in terms of how to make things stretch. I've seen some of the social media on this, and it really is amazing that some people will say, well, we shouldn't feed these kids in the first place because it's their parents' job. And uh, I think that's such a limited understanding of what really happens to a lot of families in regards to their ability to do this. And it's and it's sometimes it's it's that they're irresponsible. Mm-hmm. There are irresponsible sure. parents. Mm-hmm. Um, we have seventy three hundred children in foster care in mm-hmm. Kansas right now because parents couldn't take care of their children for one reason or another. Wouldn't, um, and so the state had to step in and do something. And I'm not I'm not doing parent blaming here. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that not every situation fits this nice little tidy way of doing life. Right. And unfortunately, um, if we say, well, let's just force people to, to be responsible. Then we have the children who are in the middle of that, and these are hungry kids. Right. And and we just perpetuate cycles that way. We sure right? do. So if you don't feed kids well and they can't think clearly then and can't learn well, we're just perpetuating the cycle. So 
um, we can we just have to try to reach out to both sides of this help the parents in ways that they need help and absolutely help these children because they are vulnerable and they can't necessarily have as many options as adults do. That's right. That's so right. we have to we have to do that. Right. Exactly. Well, there's one thing that is happening right now uh, across the country, and that is uh, people are told to go home, <laughs> and uh, they are told to stay there sometimes for extended periods of time. We uh, have some cities now. I understand San Francisco has pretty mm-hmm. well shut it down, um, and um, gas stations remain open, and law enforcement remains open, hospitals remain open. And shelters remain exactly. open. The Topeka Rescue Mission doesn't have an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we say the homeless go home and, and, and stay there, <laughs> yeah. um, they come to us. That's it. <laughs> yeah. We're it. Yeah. We are the home. And we are the home. And it's a vulnerable population to start out with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about 40% of the people who are here at any given night have a disability. Mm-hmm. Um, about uh, 50% are employable. Another 10% are in long term programs that we have here, kind of in between disability and employable. And so we have a pretty unhealthy population of homeless people for lots of different reasons that come to us. So they're very vulnerable. Right. Um, we have uh, hypertension. Uh, we have people with cancer. We have people that um, um, elderly. Um, I guess that's 60 and above now, uh, which I don't believe that's elderly <laughs> yeah, anymore. I don't <laughs> so, <laughs> what they're talking about. Um, I refuse to believe so, that. So, yeah, I know that's just somebody. That's a millennial. Um, but, uh, and uh, so <laughs> we have, um, we have a, a very vulnerable population. And so we can't say to the homeless unless we put them back in the streets. Um, you can't come in. At the same time, we're very vulnerable to COVID-19 coming into the rescue mission. So, Miriam, talk about what we're doing at this point to combat that. Well, I can tell you right off the bat, we are moving as fast as we can trying to figure it out. Um, But we have ramped up cleaning efforts. We have been developing protocol and plans for those folks who might be exhibiting some kind of symptom, even coughs. So, you know, making sure we have face masks that we can give people that, that have a cough. Uh, working very diligently to try to have san- hand sanitizer, even though that is almost as hot a commodity as toilet paper. Well, talk about that. You tried to order some the other day, and oh, what did they say? Well, the first two vendors that we normally work through told us that it would be June. Mm-hmm. Um, then we were deciding, okay, well, we're creative people. We'll make our own mm-hmm. and tried to get the aloe vera gel. That was a three-week wait. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's just... Because of how fearful everyone is, right? right? Things are just disappearing, um, and people are potentially getting more than what they would normally get. And so it's causing organizations like ours to really have to scramble to figure out how are we going to provide for all of the people that are staying here at the mission, Mm -hmm. that are staying in their home, which is our shelter. And so how do we really address those needs? So we are being incredibly creative. We're trying to determine how we're going to um, quarantine folks that might be identified as potentially having the virus. How would we then potentially have to isolate people? Mm -hmm. We're trying to figure out how are we going to help our staff, number one, stay healthy. Number two, send them home if they are sick and need to go home. Which we've had to do with some already. Which we've already Mm -hmm. had to do. Absolutely. Not that they're sick. No. But that they they are susceptible, that that we had some travel that had to stay home. And we've also have some individuals who uh, have a vulnerable health condition. Correct. That we felt like it was not wise for them to be here. Right. And... In addition, we are seeing people come in to stay with us, right? So how are we going to care for everyone? And so really trying to think through that, recognizing 
we are the hands and feet of Christ and we are going to do this work. And so it's been amazing to watch our team say, we're willing to do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. We're moving people around. We're cross training people in different ways. We're just being as creative as we can and trying to be joyful in the process. Yeah, we sure are. Kim, you um, coordinate the volunteer program here and, uh, uh, what's that looking like right now with the fear that's going on and people coming to the rescue mission? And I do want to say, um, as of this recording, we have nobody that has tested positive um, at the Topeka Rescue Mission or in Shawnee County, or we have we don't even have anybody who is under supervision right now for this, yeah. except a couple of staff members <clears throat> who had traveled and they haven't come back to the rescue mission. They're staying home right now. So, mm-hmm. Kim, what about the volunteers? Are, are we uh, we in crisis here? Well, yes. Um, majority of my volunteers, I can't give you exact percentage because it changes a lot, but majority of my volunteers are retired. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why they're coming in to volunteer, especially my daytime volunteers. Um, I say my, I oversee them. My little volunteers You can own, you can own them. They, they, they like you. <laughs> yeah. Well, the most time they know me is a lady. They volunteer because emails. of you. You know that, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so most of them are retired or elderly. Um, and so as of yesterday morning, I was meeting with Miriam and I said, we have nobody on the volunteer schedule. We serve three meals a day, Monday through Friday, two on each weekend. Thankfully, the weekend ones were like, yeah, we're still doing it. Um, They're calling to make sure we're still open. I'm like, we're not closing. Mm -hmm. So, um, but we put out the request via United Way, through our Facebook, through emails. We just put it out there. I reached out to some churches and we have been overwhelmed now. It's looking good. I mean, it's not all the way filled. Um, and then we have staff that are filling in in places too, obviously, because we're here, we're going to do it. Um, but we, um, I'm been, I mean, I was praying. I was like, Lord, we need, we need you to put to hand, like work in people's hearts right now. Like there's people at home and I know they want to serve here. So this is their chance. Um, and we're, it's probably going to be like this for a little bit. And mm-hmm. so, um, but he is, uh, the Lord is definitely has his hand on this situation and is not going to let us not have volunteers. We so much appreciate you that are volunteering, you yeah. who have, and we totally understand if uh, you don't feel comfortable right now, exactly. um, there will be, this will pass. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to pass <laughs> or we're not going to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we believe this will pass and, and uh, there'll be a time when mm-hmm. people who are playing it safe right now uh, will be able to come back and join us again because probably homelessness is not going away. Hunger's not going away. Mm-hmm. And with the economic impact of what's going on that could affect so many people in this nation, um, we're going to need to feed people and help people. And there will be probably more homeless because of the ramifications mm-hmm. of this unless the government comes up with a silver bullet on this, which we haven't heard about that right. yet. <laughs> Um, and so, um, but thank you to you also who are filling the gap right now. Those of you who have heard the the need coming in, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that you're safe. We're going to take extra precautions, just like you would talk, Miriam, about how we're distributing food baskets. Uh, we may be changing the way we distribute uh, meals as well to the people who don't stay at the rescue mission. We may be doing something similar where they don't come in the building. Um, and uh, we may be able to serve them outside of the building. We're going to be looking at that as well as we're having multiple meetings, strategizing, <laughs> trying to figure out how do we take an already complex operation and mm-hmm. to streamline it so that it's uh, not as complex as it might be otherwise. <laughs> yeah. So um, as we conclude here today, and there's going to be more updates as we go forward so that you will understand where we are and because uh, we think it's important. Uh, those of you who are listening to this podcast are already interested in the Topeka Rescue Mission and our community. Um, just know this, that um, uh, we need your prayers. Mm-hmm. We need your financial support. 
Um, and we need, uh, we need for you to stand with us and stand with those who are vulnerable in our community. I want to I close with this. And this has um, happened uh, here recently. Um, one of our staff members who uh, works with the people in the streets um, was um, in Tent City which Tent City uh, will start to uh, dismantle here pretty soon because of the uh, uh, efforts that will be going on with the railroads um, to move forward with that. And there is some good news. There are some housing vouchers that are on the way. But um, this uh, last Sunday, um, he uh, encountered one of the homeless guys who was very ill. And um, this gentleman happened to just have his dog stolen uh, by another homeless person. And so um, our staff member uh, embraced this man and prayed with him and even took a risk to give him a hug in his, uh, in his sadness. And then um, after uh, they did what they were doing in Tent City with bringing food, uh, the staff member decided to do some investigation to see if he could find the dog. And so he went all over town and, just like a detective, finally found out who had stolen the dog went to this person and said, that dog doesn't belong to you. It belongs to someone else. And if you would like to uh, give the dog back uh, right now, that would be great. Otherwise, you're going to jail. And so that person gave the dog back. And after a few hours, um, the staff member uh, drove the dog back into Tent City, presented it to this man, and gave him a hug again. That's what we get to do. We get to touch people's lives in the midst of risk, in the midst of um, uncertainties, in the midst of um, great need and uh, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So thank you for standing with us at the Topeka Rescue Mission. Uh, It's a a new day and uh, uncertainties are ahead, but we know that God is here and he said he will never leave us or forsake us. So thank you for standing with the Topeka Rescue Mission. If you'd like more information on TRM Ministries, go to trmonline.org, trmonline.org, and you can give there. Or you can text to give to TRM Give to 77977. TRM Give to 77977. Thank you for standing with us, listening, and we'll see you next week on Our Community, Our Mission.